Father, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, it's greater than anything that we ever could imagine. We, we couldn't earn it. We don't deserve it. Lord, we, we've come to know that love isn't just something that you have. It's who you are. It's in your character. We thank you, Lord, that your love for us was shown to us incredibly when Jesus went to the cross so that we could live and not die, so that we could be with you and not perish. You came to us, Lord. You started it all. And we just thank you and praise you for that. Teach us, Lord, once again today about that love and be glorified in us, we pray. Through Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, we should all be familiar with the scene, whether, how many watched the movie, The Ten Commandments? Remember the old Cecil B. DeMille, Ten Commandments? Whether from there, from Sunday school, from our own reading of the Bible, wherever, we should all be familiar with the scene. Here comes Moses down from the mountain. He has just met with God. And he has these two tablets in his hands, right, with the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments that God gave to his people, uh, whom he rescued from slavery in Egypt. Ten Commandments that would form the basis for their whole society, right? Uh, for their, their laws, their government, their system of justice, and for their personal moral uh, conduct, right? Their individual morality. This would set them apart from all the other nations on the face of the earth, and it would ensure God's blessing on them. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 7, uh, then he, Moses, took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. What a day, right? Moses comes, he comes down, he's got the commandments of God. He presents them to the people, and all the people say, yes, we're going to do this. We're going we're gonna to be who God wants us to be, right? Turn the page. <laughs> Turn the page, what happens? Moses goes back up on the mountain, spends some more time with God. God gives him some exponent. Uh, expounding on those commands, right? Some, some other things to do. And he's up there for more than a month. And the people, well, they're getting kind of tired of waiting. So they go to Aaron and they say, Aaron, make gods to go before us because this Moses, we don't know what happened to him. So Aaron says, give me your jewelry. They give him their gold and out comes the golden calf, right? Hmm. Let me ask you this morning, where did they go wrong? Where did the people go wrong? Was it because they were impatient? Was it because they were fickle? Was it because they turned their backs on God? I submit to you this morning, I believe it was before that. I believe it was when they all said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will obey. Remember what happened in the Garden of Eden? 
right? The tempter comes to Eve and he says this. He says, you know, all you need to have is the knowledge of good and evil. And you can be just like God, right? You can be as, as morally pure. You can be as high, as righteous as God himself. All you need is knowledge, right? So they ate from the tree. The knowledge came to them. They got their conscience. That's the way I see it, right? They got their conscience, their knowledge of good and evil. Could they keep it? No, right? Fast forward then roughly 2,500 years. Here we are again. God spells out for his people. Here's what to do. Here's what not to do, right? Ten simple commandments. And once again, in wishful thinking or arrogance or ignorance or maybe all three, what did they say? We can do this. We can do this. I submit to you, perhaps it would have been better for the Israelites if they would have just fallen on their faces before God and said, ain't no way. Right? Look at those commandments. No other gods. Nothing before God in your life, right? And 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 in the don't steal, don't 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 lie, don't commit adultery, don't do any of these things. And and then when you get to the end, it says don't even want to, right? Don't even covet what your neighbor has. Sorry, no can do, right? It can be easy for you and I to look back on the Israelites and say they blew it, right? But what can we glean from that? You know, the Bible says in in Hebrews, all, all that was written before, all this Old Testament stuff was examples for you and I. What can we glean from that? Our next section in the book of John, chapter 13, beginning at verse 21. There they are. It's the occasion of the Last Supper. Jesus has washed the feet of the disciples. They're at the table. And Jesus was troubled in spirit, it says, and he testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And the disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. And Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he had said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, now also I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. 
a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Did you catch that in verse 34? A new commandment I give to you. It's not in the original 10, is it? Oh, Moses would say later on, love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus says, this is new. I'm giving you something brand new. Love one another. And here's the key. Here's the biggie. Here's the rub. As I have loved you. Let's think about that for a minute. Jesus chose them, right? He chose them. He made a decision, right, to reach out to them, to um, bring them into his circle, if you will, bring them into fellowship with himself. And they weren't the cream of the crop, were they? Right? Impetuous Peter, Matthew the tax collector, right? Thomas the doubter. But he taught them. He invested in them. He encouraged them. He protected them from the enemy. He provided for them. And can I say for over three years, he just plain put up with them, didn't he? Right? We've read it. He saw past their faults and failures. He saw past their lack of faith at times, past their arguing over which one of them was the greatest, past their trying to wrangle for position in the kingdom to come. And for that three years, he patiently, lovingly continued to pour into them, didn't he? Even the worst of the worst, Judas. Jesus did all that for him. Hmm. He gave him a position of trust, right? Keeper of the money bag. He washed Judas's feet. We talked about that quite a bit some weeks ago. And here, right up to the very end, look at it. Verse 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Now, we we might just take that as a statement, but let me ask you this. If you had a plan this morning, okay, something that you knew was wrong, let's say that you were planning to sneak out during the service and let the air out of the pastor's tires, okay? Maybe that was your plan. And and, and you had it with April Fool's Sunday or whatever, you know, I'm going to do this to the pastor. So I come up to the pulpit and I begin to start my message and I say, you know, the Lord's revealed to me. Someone's going to try to let the air out of my tires today. You think you'd continue with your plan? Right? Now, now that I've publicly exposed it to the whole congregation, would, would, what was Jesus doing? He was trying to give Judas an out. I've revealed this. It's not a secret. Right? Hmm. So then... He says, somebody's going to betray me. They all look around. They're stunned, right? I'm sure at at Jesus's announcement. Peter motions to John, ask him who it is. 
He asks him, and Jesus says, it's the one that I give the piece of bread to after I've dipped it. According to the Bible background commentary by Craig Keener, uh, for the host to dip a piece of bread okay, in, in the common bowl and hand it to someone was normally a sign of honor. Okay? The host would do this. It was a sign to honor that person. They would have understood that. Okay? So I ask you, what was Jesus doing again? With Judas, giving him yet another chance, letting him know how much Jesus still valued him, still loved him, right up to the very end when he knew and Jesus knew what he was going to do. Yet here is Jesus reaching to him in love. And it didn't end there, did it? It didn't end there. Jesus would go on to bear that sin of Judas on the cross, wouldn't he? Jesus would sacrifice his own life for Judas to be forgiven and cleansed and reconciled with God. Although he was never around to accept it. Right? Wow. Wow. The Bible talks about the steadfast love of God. And we see it here, don't we? For the worst of the worst, all the way to the very end. Love one another as I have loved you. It's as if God the Son now takes out another stone tablet and he says, number 11, here it is. Here's my commandment. Now let's see if we've learned anything from the giving of the first 10 commandments. How many think that you have a realistic chance in the world of keeping this commandment? Right? Oh, love one another? Sure. As I have loved you? No. Right? With all the willpower we can muster, which is really good some days and not so good other days. Can't do it. So what do we do? So what do we do with this commandment where Jesus says, now I tell you, love one another as I, you must do this, right? And we just say, well, that's not realistic. <laughs> Sorry. And just walk away. You say, well, I can only do what I can do. It's not realistic. I, I would just, what, dishonor the command of Jesus? No. What we do is what Israel should have done back then is just humble ourselves before the Lord. As we look at this commandment and what he is saying to us and the depth of this, and we look at it before the Lord and we say, I can't do it. There is no way possible I can do this. But you can. But you can. 
See, you and I have something that Moses' congregation didn't have. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts. Whose love? God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. They had an outward law. We have an indwelling spirit. We have the presence and power of God himself living in us, wanting to live through us. Not in our willpower. In his power. In his power. The spirit of Jesus who said, with man it's impossible. Right? But with God, all things are possible. And so the scripture says, Philippians 4.13, I can do, I heard it, all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. In my willpower? No. And again, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Oh, it goes on. According to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church. You see that? To him be glory in the church. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you and me, fulfilling this commandment, which brings glory to God. In the church. He intends on doing this. Working it out in us. According to his power. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And again, 2 Corinthians 12.9. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect. Here it is, folks, in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Do you see the attitude here? I can't. But he can. But he can. Church. Jesus has called us to a love that is clearly and absolutely beyond our own natural affections and motivations. Clearly, so much above what we can do, right? A supernatural and sacrificial love that will shine like a beacon in the world. And he's given us what they didn't have back then. He's given us his presence and his power to do it. As with so many things in the kingdom of God, it's not our ability, but our availability. Love one another as I have loved you. Take a look around. Go ahead, take a look around. I I want you to see your one another's. 
Here they are. This is it. These are your one and others. Memorize their faces. Learn their names. These are the people that we are committed to as he loved us. Think about that for a minute. That's huge. Right? That's huge. Every one of them. Not just the ones that we've known for 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, that quirky one. You know, the one behind the pulpit. And that other one that we hardly know, right? And that other one over there that, uh, you know, well, we just don't seem to see eye to eye that much. Love them as I have loved you. Steadfastly, patiently, sacrificially. We can't, but he can. So here's the question. Are you and I willing? Are you and I willing? can, Can we go before the Lord, look at this commandment and say, Jesus, this is what you told me I must do. I can't, but you can. Here am I. I'm willing, as as Elaine said this morning, to to, to try my best, to to make myself available to you in this. Are we willing to introduce ourselves to someone that we haven't before, that we haven't talked to? I'm sure there's people that we, you know, maybe have said hi to. Maybe, Maybe there's someone here that you've never, ever spoken to. Are we willing to introduce ourselves and just say, hey, I'm glad you're part of the family here. I'm glad you're one of us. Right? And then willing to follow up on that conversation next time. Hey, you know, now that I know your name, now that we, you know, hi, how you doing? Right? And paying attention when they say, oh, I'm fine. And the Holy Spirit says, they're not fine. You all right? Can I pray for you? You know, right? Going a little deeper. Sit with someone new at a coffee hour. Right? Not not, not just the same people that we're used to. Sit with someone new. Or God forbid, change your seat on a Sunday morning. So you have to talk to someone else. Force ourselves. Ready? Rotate. (laughs) Musical chairs. There we go. Uh, Call someone on the prayer list. Right? We We send prayers out many times during the week. Have you ever followed up? Have you ever called somebody? Just say, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Can you imagine getting 20 calls in, the, in, the, in 48 hours after that goes, what would that do for your heart? Wow. Right? Send them a card. Tell someone you appreciate what they do. Singing in the, singing in the choir. Hey, I noticed you in the back row of the choir. I just want to tell you that sounded beautiful today. Thank you for being a part of that. 
Because it takes all the voices to make that beautiful sound, doesn't it? Everyone. It's not a solo. Right? Tell people you appreciate them. I've never talked to them before. Good time to start. Leading the choir, playing the piano, ushering, greeting, teaching Sunday school, running projection. Right? Working in the prayer garden. I just want to let you know that looks fantastic back there. Thank you for for coming on your off time to make our church look beautiful. Serving on a committee, whether it's a committee that you personally benefit from or not. Here, Here people are giving of their free time to help all of us, to help our church to function and to to run and to get things done and and to reach out into the community, right? Thank you for serving. I tell you, a little appreciation goes a long way, doesn't it? Was that Elaine said this morning, do unto others, right? As we'd have them do to us. How many times have you if you just you know work 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 work? Doesn't seem like anybody appreciates anything, right? Whether it's church thing or at the job or in the family or whatever, you know, work my fingers to the bone. Um, Appreciation. You know, starting small, but just saying, Lord, how can I practically get in on this command that you've given me? As I look across this congregation at my one another's, what can I do? What can I do to lift somebody up? What can I do to encourage somebody? What can I do to help somebody? What can I do to appreciate somebody? Now, we're doing some of this already, aren't we? Absolutely, we are. But can we knock it out of the park in the power of the Holy Spirit? Now that we know that it doesn't depend, you know, on us, but on our availability, because I'm telling you, you know, when when you um, and, and I'm sure a lot of you have experienced this, but I've I've been on my knees at the altar or or reacting to the word that I've read in the scripture. And I say, Lord, I, I see this. I, you know, I don't do really good at this. I want to do better at this. And then I find myself within a few days getting an opportunity. Because the Holy Spirit all of a sudden says, here you go. Here's, here, here's an opera. So when we do this, when we commit ourselves to be available, undoubtedly, God's going to say, here's an opportunity. Oh, you see that prayer request just came in? Give that person a call. Um, you, you're in a conversation with somebody and they, they let something slip, right? And you just, you just know that you know, here's, here's a situation they're going through or uh, you know, maybe they could, re- maybe they need a ride to the doctor's office. Maybe they, uh, you know, could use an extra bag of groceries. Maybe they could, you know, if we set ourselves to be available, the Holy Spirit, who is the love of God, right? Who flows perfectly in the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts because he's there in us. He will show us opportunities to bless people, won't he? He'll do it. He'll do it. So, love one another. 
Impossible? Absolutely. Possible in him? Absolutely. Not only that you and I together in this thing can build a a body that is so strong and healthy. And let me say this. um, uh, Doing these things sometimes is doing and sometimes it's not doing. Sometimes it's keeping this thing back behind these teeth where it doesn't do any damage. Can I get an amen on that one? Right? Why? Because we're loving. And the Holy Spirit says, right? We have all kinds of opportunities. Again, not only to build something here that is healthy and vibrant and strong and unified, but something that shines the light in a dark world. Amen? Amen. Oh, once again, Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that that love resides in us, in your Holy Spirit. So we ask you, Lord, to live in us, and we ask you, Lord, to live through us. We ask you, Lord, to show us those opportunities where we can minister to one another, love and serve and appreciate all those things. Open our eyes, open our ears, Lord. That we might be your love to one another. We thank you. We give you the glory and the honor. Through Jesus we pray. Amen.